Well, I just want to welcome everyone here to Embrace. My name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here. And at all of our campuses, we're so excited, humbled, overjoyed that you've decided to come and worship here with us. Now, it's kind of awkward to say, but about a year or so ago, my wife started to tell me uh, that I needed to have the talk with our oldest son. You know, not just a talk but the talk about the birds and the bees, the talk about where babies come from, the talk about the boom shakalaka, you know? And I just got to say, although I love this topic, it's a passion of mine, it gets me excited, it's a hobby of mine, although I love this topic, basically, it wasn't a conversation that I look forward to to have with my son. Again, like, I love it, but I just didn't really want to have the conversation. It's kind of awkward. And so every couple of weeks, my wife would ask me, hey, have you talked with Hudson yet about whatever? And I would say, I haven't. And she would ask again a couple weeks later, hey, have you had the conversation with Hudson yet? And I hadn't yet. Hey, have you had the conversation? No kidding. Eight months passed by, all right? I had one job, like one conversation, and I failed miserably until one night it was just Hudson and Beck and I that were up, and it randomly came up in conversation. So we just started talking about it. Hudson asked a bunch of questions, and I just remember him. He kept saying, oh my, oh my, oh my, oh my. I was like, I feel you, buddy. I know exactly what you mean. So I remember that, but I also remember deferring uh, most questions to my wife, you know? I remember actually to get really specific, 100% of the questions I defer to my wife. It's like, buddy, that's a great question. You've obviously thought about that. That's awesome. Mom, what do you think? You know, and so I just passed it on. No, but seriously though, even though it was a conversation that I kept putting off because it's awkward, it was a conversation that I truly so badly wanted to have with my son. Why? Because when it comes to the topic of sex, so many of us have a misunderstanding of what sex is all about. And honestly, just being brutally honest, so often this area of our lives, it's just completely out of order. Often this area of sex is just out of order. And when it comes to the world, the world does not help. I mean, when it comes to the world, the world is so confusing on this topic. It's like the Me Too movement is happening, and we're appalled, and rightfully so, myself included. And honestly, just reading through some of the accounts and the stories that have been shared, it's heartbreaking to read through them. And I can't even imagine if my own daughter was involved in any of these stories. And so the Me Too movement is happening, but then Hugh Hefner dies, and his life and the Playboy legacy is celebrated by Time magazine. It's like, am I missing something? Gosh, this is two completely different things that you are telling me to think and believe. And so this topic of sex, it might be awkward, but I, th- I think it's so important for all of us to be talking about. I think it's particularly important for us as a church to talk about sex. Why? Because whether we're 10 years old or we're 60 years old, so often when it comes to this area of our lives, again, we're just completely out of order. And so often in this area of our lives, it's just broken or there's something that's out of place. And maybe it's not a big deal right now, but it could be. Or maybe we're here today and when it comes to sex, we're just confused And we truly and honestly want to know what's best for us. And we want to know what God has to say. And we want to get this area of our lives in order. But we're not sure where to start. And so last week we started up a new series called In Order. Talking about getting our lives in order according to what God says. Looking to God, not ourselves, not the world, not other wise people. To see what he has to say about some things. And to do so, we're opening up the book of Proverbs, one of my favorite books, a book that is just filled with practical wisdom and insight, instructions from God on how to truly get this area of our lives in order. And so in week one, we talked about what God has to say about money. Quick side note, if you haven't signed up for FPU, this is for all campuses, if you haven't signed up for FPU, I cannot encourage you enough to do so. 
This week, I had person after person, no exaggeration, person after person say that they were so excited that they've already signed up. Also, my own parents worshiped online with us at IamEmbrace.com. They worship online, and uh, they have signed up for FPU themselves, which is awesome. And so week one, we talked about what God has to say about money, but now for today, we're going to talk about what God has to say about sex. And so if you would, right now, at all of our campuses, open up your Bibles to the book of Proverbs chapter 5. Chapter 5 of Proverbs, open it up, use the Bible on your phone. Use any Bible you want to use. And as we're getting there, I just want to say that today I'm going to try and keep things as simple as I can. And we're just going to highlight three different truths when it comes to sex and getting this area of our lives in order. Just three simple truths around sex. And the first truth is this. What God says is good is really good. Again, our first truth for today, when it comes to sex, what God says is good is really, really good. I mean, listen to what we're told. This is Proverbs 5, starting in verse 15. Listen to what it says. It says, drink water from your own well. Share your love only with your wife. Why spill the water of your springs in the streets having sex with just anyone? You should reserve it for yourself. Never share it with strangers. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. She is a loving deer, a graceful doe. Let her breast satisfy you always. May you always be captivated by her love. And all God's people said, I'm just kidding. Anyways, one more time though. When it comes to sex, first truth, what God says is good is really, really good. And just to be clear, what does God say is good? Once more, we're told to share your love only with your wife. And to rejoice in the wife of your youth. And for you ladies, share your love only with your husbands. And rejoice in the husbands of your youth. And just to be even clearer, again, this this topic is so confusing. It's so messy. Notice that it does not say share your love with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. It doesn't share share your love with this guy or that girl. It doesn't say share your love by looking at porn. It doesn't say to rejoice in affairs. It doesn't say anything about one-night stands or threesomes. You won't find that in there. It doesn't mention college and get into pass in college or, or share your love if you really, really like someone. It doesn't say any of that. Instead, it just says share your love only with your wife. Share your love only with your husband. And what does a husband and a wife entail? It means sharing our love with that one person that we vowed our lives to. And that person, they vowed their lives to us. The one person that we've promised to love before God for how long? Until death. Until death. That one person that we can't even explain it, that God has supernaturally joined us together with. Again, just to keep it really, really simple, any sex or things connected with sex outside of this promise before God, it is not God's design. It's not God's best for us. And even stronger, God will not bless it. He won't. And that might sound old school, right? And it sounds kind of lame and miserable. And yet back to our first truth, what God says is good. It's really, really good. And I mean, God is the one who created sex, right? The world didn't. God created it. He might know a thing or two about how to use it best. And just to read some of these verses one more time, listen again. Verse 18, let your wife and your husband be a fountain of blessing for you. It can also translate as let them be a spring of goodness for you. And rejoice in them. And your wife, she's a loving deer, a graceful doe. Let her breast satisfy you always. I'm not even sure what that means, but it sounds wonderful, right? And thank you, God. Like, literally, thank you, God. for. The... Anyways, and may you always be captivated by their love. Folks, this is the Bible. Just to say it as strongly as I can, God's plan for sex is so incredibly good. And his plan is so much better than our plan. 
His, so, his, his, his plan is so much better than 2018's plan. His plan is so much better than anyone else's plan. And his, his, it's just so much better, and it's life-giving, and it's truly wonderful. Just a quick side note for, for the married couples here. I just want to say, if your sex life has grown cold, that's not a good thing. If you're married and it's grown cold, it's often a sign of something bigger. And so if that's you, what should you do? Talk about sex with your spouse this week. Honestly, you might not hear, need to hear anything else. Your homework, just go home, talk with your spouse, your husband, your wife, about sex. Why? Because God wants us to enjoy our sex life. So maybe it's having a conversation. Maybe it's going to a marriage counselor if this area is just a struggle. Maybe it's just a constant battle. It's constantly just an argument. One more time, though, when it comes to sex, what God says is good is really good. So that's the first truth for the day. And then here's the second truth. When it comes to sex and getting this area of our lives in order, listen to this. What, God, what, what the world says is good. The second truth, what the world says is good, is really bad. Again, our second truth, what the world says is good, is actually really bad. Starting in verse 3, listen to what we're told. It says, For the lips of an immoral woman, for the lips of an immoral man, are as sweet as honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil, but in the end she is bitter as poison, as dangerous as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. Intense, right? Pretty intense. But just a quick word before I continue on. This chapter is talking about an immoral woman here, but it's just as true as men. It's just as true for men. Maybe even more so in this area. And speaking, for, speaking of women in general, this, it, it, honestly, it's like, man, that just seems really harsh on women. Actually, the book of Proverbs is way outside the box for his time. It is way outside the box for its time. If you've been reading through the book of Proverbs with us as a, as a church, I'd, I'd encourage you to do so. I'm guessing that you've noticed that wisdom is only referred to in female terms. And every woman that embraces, like, preach, you know, bring that up in the next argument. Well, you're a fool, and wisdom is a gal, so take that, you know. But I, I just want to quickly mention that. But now going back to things, if we don't know, the world's view on sex is so, like, 100% different than God's view on sex. I mean, the world says pornography is okay. The world says you should have sex before marriage, and honestly, you should move in together to make sure that you should get married. The world says that you need to listen to what feels good. Even if it hurts your kids, they're just kids. In 20 years, they'll understand why mom or dad had to do what they had to do. The world says just listen to what your feelings, even if it hurts somebody, you've just got to listen to your heart. The world says that you're only young once. The world says it's okay to have an affair, especially if you checked out of your marriage. It's okay to have an affair, especially if you're not happy in your marriage, especially if the other person's not loving you how you want to be loved. The world says that sex is purely physical, and it's not that big of a deal. It's just two humans being two, two human beings. And, and just as the verses that we just read tell us, even though the world's view on sex is so different, it actually looks really good. Even though it's so different, it actually looks enticing. And it seems right, and it's sweeter than honey, when once again what the world says is good is actually really bad. One more time, just listen to these words of warning from God. God says, the world's ways are as bitter as poison. There's dangerous as a double-edged sword, and it leads straight to the grave. Like, it all leads to death. And honestly, just switching to us for a minute, across our campuses, I'm just guessing there's a whole bunch of us who have some firsthand experience with, with this. We have some firsthand experience with doing things that are not really pleasing to God, and, and this area has just felt like death. We've done some things that just feels like a part of us has died, and in this area of sex, maybe, maybe we're impacted by the decisions of someone else. Maybe it was someone else's decision, and maybe one of our parents had an affair, and it tore our family apart. 
And it's been years since that time, but we still struggle to look our dad in the eye. It's been years since the affair, and yet we still struggled to respect our mom after what she did to our dad, right? It's like, are you kidding me? I haven't forgotten. Or maybe we have some experience with with Me Too stuff ourselves, and someone else took advantage of us sexually, and they did some things that were clearly not okay. Maybe it was a family member, maybe it was a coworker, maybe it was someone at a church, Maybe it's someone that we dated and for years we've been covered in shame and it's just so clear to us that sex is more than physical because since that day it just feels like a part of us has died. It's like it is not just physical. I, I promise you because it just feels like this area, like I'm slowly dying. So maybe it was someone else's actions against us but on the flip side, maybe we just think about some of the things that sexually we've done ourselves. And maybe we started looking at porn and we've tried to stop and we can't. Maybe we're filled with regret from our past and from everything that we've done with everyone. And maybe we wanted to save ourselves for marriage, but we thought the guy would leave us. And so slowly we began to compromise what we believed is to keep him around. Maybe we had an affair that killed our marriage. We're having one right now. We're just sick of lies. We're so sick of shame. Again, our loving God, he just... He just warns us this wonderful gift called sex. It's created to be so good and life-giving, but if it's not used properly, it can just cause so much hurt and regret and pain and brokenness. One more time, what the world says is good is actually really bad. Before we move on today, I just want to make sure that this message doesn't beat anybody up. Honestly, the one thing I pray today is that there would be no one here who would hear this message and would feel covered in shame. That's not the intent of the message. I don't think it's God's heart either. You see, here's the truth. What's so crazy is that when it comes to sex, the world says that everything is fair game. It's, it's bizarre. The world says that everything is fair game and there's no boundaries and everything's okay. But if you cross the invisible line, and we're not sure who sets the invisible line, but everything's okay. But if you cross the line, well, then you are condemned and you are scum and truly your whole life is over. That's what the world says. But will God hear this? He says that there are boundaries and there are guidelines and that within marriage, sex is really, really good. But outside the boundaries, it's dangerous and it's not okay. But if you cross the line, hear this, instead of con- being condemned, condemned, I still love you. You cross the line, it's not okay, but I'm still for you, not against you. The world, it's got lines, we don't even know where they're at, but if you cross them, you're condemned with God. He's like, there are lines, there are boundaries, but if you cross it, it's not okay, but I'm still with you. I still love you. I mean, we serve a God of second chances. He can redeem our past, and somehow he can even use it for good. And yes, there might be some consequences, but he takes our sin, and he nails it to a cross. He takes your sin, your past, your regrets, your screw-ups, my sin, my past, my big blunders. He takes it, he nails it to a cross, and he offers to make us new. Amen? Hallelujah, right? Hallelujah. Across the line, he still loves us. And so again, when it comes to sex, what God says is good is really good. The world says it's good is actually really bad. And so with all of this, maybe you're just wondering, well, what should we do then, Right? When it comes to sex and getting this area of our lives in order, what should, what should we do to keep it as simple as I can? When it comes to sex, the answer, God tells us to stay away. Like stay away from any lies and temptation. Stay completely away from anything outside of my plan. Listen to this. Starting in verse 7, here's what we're told. 
It says, so now my sons, my daughters, listen to me. Never stray from what I'm about to say. Stay away from her. Never stray from what I'm about to say. Stay away from him. Don't even go near the door of her house. Just to be clear, these are some intense words. God's like, listen to me. Listen up. Everything else I said was important, but listen to this. And don't forget it. Like, this is really, really important. Here it is. Don't miss it. Stay away. Stay away. It comes to the area of sex. Stay completely away from temptation. Stay away from lies and that the world tells us. It can also translate as go on a completely different path. Don't even go near the door of the house. Don't even go near. Like stay as far as you possibly can. Like go in the opposite direction and stay completely away. Just stay away. And this is heavy, right? But God says to stay away when so often as human beings, what do we do? We do just the opposite. God says stay away when so often we try and get as close to the line as we possibly can. We just, like, can I get a little closer? I mean, if we're single or dating, our question constantly, is this okay? Is that okay? Like, is this okay? Like, that okay? And, and we're getting married. We're engaged. And so in light, of, in light of that, is this okay now? Is this okay now? Is this okay now? And if we're married, it's like, is this okay? Like, can I still look at this? And is it okay to still talk with her, still talk with him? We're, we're, you know, we're just friends. Or we're just, we're just, we're just, just flirting. It's not that big of a deal. And I'm just going to drive by their house. I'm just, I'm just going to send them one text message. I'm just going to see if they're online right now. Again, we try and get as close as we can. We try and push the limits as far as they will go. And what does God tell us? He tells us to stay away. It's like, stay away. Don't even go close. Don't even go near. Like, stay completely away. And so for all of us here today at our different campuses, staying away, it might be something different for each of us. I mean, if we're dating, maybe we need to take a few giant steps back physically in our relationship. Maybe we just need to push pause. It's like we've crossed every line possible. We just need to push pause. Or just the opposite, instead of pushing pause, we might just need to finally get married instead of dating for 17 years. And maybe we just need to stop putting ourselves in stupid places. Just saying a hot tub in the middle of nowhere with Barry White playing is not a good idea. Okay. And if you're not tempted in that situation, you might have a bigger problem and may, may need to see a family physician. You know, so anyways. But if we're single, maybe it's coming up with our, with our boundaries before we date. Maybe staying away is telling a friend that we're struggling, asking them to challenge us because they love us, asking them to pray for us. Man, I'm struggling with porn. I'm, I'm struggling with her. I'm struggling with him. Like, gosh, I need to be, can you, would you just call me each day? I know that's a huge deal. Would you just, would you just call me? Would you just challenge me? Would you pray for me? If we are married, again, maybe we need to make some big changes. Flirting with others, it's not okay. They're just like a brother to me. She's just like a sister. We would never, and we're just friends. As your pastor, that's garbage. It's a brother in Christ, garbage. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? So again, maybe it's redrawing some of the boundaries. Or on the flip side, for us married people, maybe staying away isn't the problem. And instead, we might need to start spending more time and energy on staying with our spouse and actually making our marriage a priority. Maybe it's skipping dance practice or soccer practice this week and going on a date. Pulling our kids out of all the crap they're in. Seven days a week, it's like, what, when, we, when was the last time we just spent time on our marriage? As strongly as I can say it, mom and dad, the very best thing we can do for our kids, more than making them a good athlete or good in school or whatever else, is for mom and dad to have a solid marriage. You want to offer them a wonderful gift? Stop buying them crap, stop putting them in crap, and, and start dating your spouse again. Show them what love and faithfulness and gentleness and goodness and self-control really looks like. 
It would change a generation. For all of us, whether we're single or married, staying away means staying away from porn. Do you want to know what will kill any relationship? Do you want to know what will gut your sex life? Porn will. And porn, it's everywhere. When I was a kid, you, if you wanted porn, you had to be really, really creepy. You had to go to a gas station and buy a magazine and be really, really creepy, and everybody knew, man, that guy is really, really creepy, right? <laughs> now, now porn is everywhere. Maybe for you it's not porn. You just happen to always be on the explore button on Instagram. This dude's looking at bathing suits for some reason, you know? Maybe for you it's The Bachelorette. You watch it, and you know your mind's going all over the place. You start thinking about your cute coworker. Man, they're so cute. They're so great. All of this might sound outdated and rigid, but I promise you, I promise you, I promise myself, whether we're single, dating, or married, five years from now or ten years from now, we will never, ever regret listening to God and staying away. I promise you. You will never regret having boundaries in your life. You will never regret when 30 years pass and your son and your daughter is now an adult and you can stare them in the eye. You'll never, ever regret it. Closing things up today, I, I just have to be honest. This week, I did not like the last point on staying away. I'm kind of embarrassed uh, to say this, but I, I didn't like the last point, honestly, because it just felt intense and it felt outdated. And personally, I just didn't want to share it. And, and so for a couple of hours, no kidding this week, I tried to make this last point softer and nicer on the ears. I was just like, man, is there a positive way that I can spin this? Like a, a positive way that make it much nicer on Twitter? Like, is there something else that I can do? But what I just kept coming back to is I'm pretty sure that God is what he was, what is he trying to say? I'm pretty sure he's just trying to say, stay away. And he even tells us like, listen in, don't miss this. Like, just stay away. Want to get this area of your life in order to stay away. And yet, here's what hit me the most. Just hit me, honestly, like a two by four. This felt like God was saying, Adam, these words are not coming from a killjoy. And they're not coming from a God who wants us to be miserable or to miss out on something. And it's not about being a good person and make sure you follow the rules. And if you don't, well, then I don't love you. And you better be a good Christian in this area because people are watching. Instead, I just heard these words are coming from a loving God who created sex for us to enjoy. A God who only wants what's best for his sons and his daughters. I I love the warning in verse 7. It doesn't start out by saying, my servant listen to me. It doesn't start out by saying my slave. It doesn't start out by saying I'm your boss and I own you. And so I just, you know, I'm just going to make sure your life is miserable. Instead, listen to what he says, my sons, my daughters, just really listen. I love you so much. Just listen to this one thing. On an infinite level, what these verses reminded me of is my wife and I sitting down and talking with my son about this wonderful gift called sex. I just, I love, I just love you so much. Here's just a few things to avoid. Here's just, it's so wonderful. It's just a wonderful gift. Again, when it comes to sex and getting this area of our lives in order, what God says is good is really, really good. Let's pray. Gracious Father, Heavenly King, we approach this awkward topic. I mean, it's a topic that maybe makes us blush or one we don't want to talk about, and yet everybody else is talking about it, and yet so often the church isn't. And so we're talking about it today. Why? Because it's so important. Why? Because it's this wonderful gift. Why? Because it's this wonderful gift that if we don't use it right, it can cause so much hurt. More than just trying to not do bad things and do good things, God, you're not about checklists. It's only by your strength that we're able to make changes. And 
And more than just being a good Christian, whatever it might be, God, would you just change our heart to desire your ways more than our ways? That's really the heart of it. Your ways are so much better just in the area of money and sex and words and priorities. And we just begin to desire your ways more than ours. Your ways always lead to life. The path of righteousness, they lead to good things, God. And so, Lord, we just, we just love you and we want to follow you in all areas, but specifically in this one area. Lord, we love you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.